If you could send a letter to your past self before the pandemic to prepare yourself for 2020, what would you say? We asked Californians that same question for this ongoing series presented by JFF. We're here to elevate the voices of people across the state who have been affected by the pandemic and the resulting economic crisis. Through their stories, we will examine what it takes to recover stronger and more equitably. I'm Renee Faulkner, and this is Communities in Recovery. This year has been undoubtedly challenging for California's young adults, particularly those at the crossroad between high school and college. For Generation Z, those kids born between 1997 and 2015, the last year will be marked not only by a global pandemic and national social justice awakening, but also by the interruption to their high school careers and post-secondary plans. Some reports have estimated that up to 3 million of the country's most educationally marginalized students have not received any formal education since March 2020. And in California, community college enrollments plummeted as 260,000 fewer students enrolled in fall 2020 than fall 2019. Today, we'll talk with two high school students who are navigating these uncharted waters and hear how they adapted to school in 2020 and the resources that kept them connected this year. First, we'll hear from Elliot Morales, a student at Fresno's Design Science Middle College High School, an educational model that offers credit for both high school and college coursework. Elliot opens up to her past self in this letter, outlining some of the ways she'll have to grow up more quickly than she could have ever imagined. Dear Past Elliot, Oh boy, girl, <laughs> you have a lot of plans for 2020, like prom, participating in tournaments, planning rallies and events, going to leadership conferences, going to really get together of class of 2021, and of course, fundraising. But things are actually going to change really quickly. In mid-March of 2020, a day before your birthday, schools are going to close down out of nowhere and the nightmare of COVID-19 will take control of our lives. As for you, You'll be moving in the middle of the pandemic and unfortunately drop some of your college courses. You will still continue to work at Dr. Reina's office, but you'll be in constant fear of your well-being, your families, your co-workers, and the patients you're interact with every day. Many people will lose their lives, families will lose their jobs, there'll be civil rights protests, political riots, and nationwide panic. However, for some people, they'll be able to reconnect with their families, and our nation will be more united with the Black Lives Matter movement. Because of COVID-19, a few things you will need to learn is how to be independent, how to be an adult, how to handle money more efficiently, and how to make hard decisions. As of now, your week will consist of working Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, attending meetings, checking your portals, applying for scholarships, working alongside with student advisory board, taking five college classes, taking one engineering class, doing school and club activities, moving out of your aunt's house, and working on your mental health. Despite everything, you have never given up because of the dream of one day living a better life where you can be happy, be able to travel and help people all around the world. It's what's driving you to keep moving forward. All right, Elliot. So um, you are in high school and in college at the same time. Tell us about how that works. I attend um, Design Science Middle College High School and we're partnered with Fresno City College. So um, I'm in a dual enrollment program, which basically means that I'm able to take college courses while I'm in high school. And so at the end of this school year, you'll graduate with a high school diploma and an associate's degree. Is that right? Yep. 
I am. And then what happens? Hopefully I'll be in the East Coast um, in an Ivy League school, you know, I apply to Brown, maybe even Columbia or Stanford or Yale. You know, I want to go one of those big name colleges and make a name for myself. That's awesome. I'm excited for you. <laughs> it's going to be great. Um, what was it like to, to sit down and write this letter? What was the process like? And did anything kind of come up for you? Um, I had to think back on like wh- why I moved in the first place in the middle of a pandemic. And the reason why is because I actually got in a car accident with my mom. Um, so it was a Monday. I remember the state very vividly. Um, it was a Monday. I had just gone back from work. Um, it was late in the afternoon. And I asked my mom, hey, mom, can we go to the store and buy some things that I need? She's like, sure. But all along the way, we were uh, she's just arguing with me. She's always arguing. You know, we don't really have a good relationship. Anyways, on the way home um, from the the store like she was still arguing at this point i was just ignoring her i was listening to music like a normal teenager and then um as she was, I was we were parking actually um instead of stepping on the brakes she stepped on the gas and she ran the car into the house and we got in you know my heart dropped i was in panic i was hysterical i was like oh my god i could have just died i had to call the cops you know i had to do a police report and everything and i was like i can't live there no more I just can't, even if we're in the middle of a pandemic, even if, you know, I might get COVID or whatever, like I can't be there no more. So I ended up moving in with my aunts actually. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot for one person to handle. Mm -hmm. Um, What are, what are some of the ways that your family and friends or maybe even your school has been supporting you through this time? I'm really grateful for them, of course. And then as for school, I have like an amazing teacher who I love to death. Her name is Miss Cat, and she's been there for me the whole time, you know, and actually if, like a few weeks ago, I kind of had like a mental breakdown. Like my family was arguing with my mom. I was in the middle of calculus too um, in the morning and I was just like, no, I, I, I can't be here. I need to go. So I'm like, Miss Cat please come get me. I can't be here right now. Like, you know, like help. <laughs> and if, like, of course she like came over and like, we went, had breakfast together. We had like, um, Starbucks in her car in the back of like a mall. And we just, we just talked for like two hours. And like, that was such like that, that that's what I needed. I needed her to like, just come and get me out of this because it was just so stressful. I started crying from like the pressure of the argument and everything. And like Miss Cat has been like a great support for me without her, like, of course, and my friends and family, like I wouldn't be where I'm at today, actually. I know I feel like I would have, like I said, gone crazy at some point. (laughs) Oh, that's so good. It's so good to have a support system like that, or even just Mm -hmm. like that person that you can call. Mm -hmm. It's a huge help. So you mentioned here in your letter that one of the other impacts of, you know, the stress and this argument and the move was that you had to drop a couple of classes Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it like to make that decision? So it was my first time dropping college courses, you know, and I'm like, oh my God, I can't do that. I can't have a W in my transcript. Like it's going to look bad. No one's going to want me if I have a W, but it was like a, definitely like a new experience for me. Cause I'm always like, I'm going to get an A or, or I'm going to get a B in the class, but I, you know, to actually drop a class, like that was something that I had to process, you know, like, oh my God, how, you know, it's going to happen and I can't yeah. stop it. 
And in the meantime, you know, you mentioned it here in your letter, you're also watching all this stuff happen in the world and in your community, right? We've got, mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned it here, Black Lives Matter movement, political riots, civil rights protests, nationwide panic. So, you know, what mm-hmm. what has that looked like for you and in your community? Um, at least for me, I've felt, how would I say this? I felt like I could have done more but um, for my current circumstances, of course, I couldn't do um, I couldn't do much. You know, I would have loved to be in like those protests, you know, out there to support um, black lives. You know, I would have loved to be able to vote. You know, um, this last election, I was at home sitting down, watching TV, watching like the um, the news and seeing how our like politics was just like horrible. And I was just like, oh, my God, I can't do anything. So what I want to do is like learn from these experiences, say, hey, no, I'm not going to let this happen again. You know, I'm going to change that. It's like I'm going to learn from that and I'm going to take that to heart and not forget about it and definitely do something about it once I have the necessary tools to do that. Right. Uh, and you talk about here in your letter, um, sort of a lot of the the growth that you've experienced around, you know, having to make hard decisions and learning to manage your money better, you know, give us some examples of, of some of these ways that you feel like you've grown. Um, I'm planning to move out on my birthday actually, which is next month. I feel like uh, for my own well being, like I need some time to be alone, not with her and not interact with her because it's just, it's not that good. Financially, I've had to save money actually because I come from a low-income family, so I know I'm gonna have to pay for some of my tuition in college. So as of now, I'm saving up actually for um, the down payment for the room and board once applications come in, and then I say, okay, I want to go here. I'll have to pay for that, and then I had to save money for my um, cap and gown. I had to save money for my supplies, you know. So I've had to like budget, say, hey, okay, I need this much. And I get paid this much. So I need to save this much in order to get what I need and then have a little bit extra for like stuff that I want, you know, or that I need. So for you, all of this is really accelerated going from, you know, high school prom Elliot to like grown up Elliot. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Is there anyone in particular that you would want to, you know, read your letter or hear your story? And if so, what do you want them to take away from your experience? I think definitely I would love to like have students that are my age that have similar like, you know, experiences that I have. And I want to tell them, hey, it's possible. Don't let the thing, little things that happen in your day-to-day life or like big things, you know, affect your future goals. Just adapt. Find another way to, you know, succeed in whatever you're trying to do. It's possible if you want to do something like no matter how hard it might be, you know, it's possible. Elliot, this has been a really, really big year for you. And next year, you might experience many, many more changes as you think about, you know, heading off to college on the East Coast. Um, So just as we kind of wrap up this conversation, I want you to think ahead to 2022 and what might be in store for you and send a message to someone in the future who needs to hear from you today. All right. Dear future Elliot, hopefully by the time you read this, you're already in second year of college. You're amazing still. You're helping the community that you're in. I know that you're going to do great things. I know that you're going to bring so many people together. Um, Hopefully as well that you have a support group. I'm hoping to goodness gracious, you've finally been able to learn Japanese 
so that we are able to go to Japan on our junior year of college. We both know how much we love anime. Of course, I would love also to remind yourself that. Love yourself. Give some time to yourself. Be mindful of yourself. You know, have a little break. We sometimes overwork ourselves. I hope that um, you're in California. You'll be able to like find your little home, find a place where you belong, you know, and find who you are. Because sometimes it's hard to find who you are. So hopefully by the time that you read this, you become a, such an amazing person, you know, a rock star, the rock star that you are. And hopefully you're able to mature even more than you already um, am now, you know, and still be alive. Of course, that also matters a lot. <laughs> so, you know, and don't forget about me. Don't forget about the, the me now that's going through so much, you know, and learn from her and never forget her and always have her in your heart. Sincerely, Past Elliot. Thank you, Elliot, for sharing your story with us. And I wish you the best of luck. Next, we'll hear from Cameron Butler, who in March 2020 was a student at San Andreas High School in San Bernardino. Cameron talks with us about how she found the motivation and confidence to move forward after the pandemic put a hold on her plans. Dear Cameron of 2020, if I can only tell you what 2020 has in store for you. Every day you wake up for school, you look in the mirror and fill yourself up with positivity and love before helping your little sister get ready. You go to school in the afternoons and have just started attending Real, AKA the Race, Education, Activism, and Leadership after school program through COPE. You have big plans for this year by recovering from your knee surgery in 2019. So you can finally play softball again and launching your YouTube channel. Sadly, on a March afternoon in your math class, you will get information that will impact your life more than you ever imagined. As the country enters into quarantine, you will begin to feel unsure of not only yourself, but of so many aspects in your life. School, your knee recovery, your family, and your community. You will experience feelings of emptiness and abandonment and the daily positive affirmations you tell yourself will slowly come to a halt. You will see your people struggle from effects of two pandemics, COVID-19 and systematic racism. It becomes obvious to you that our country still has a long way to go into the fight for justice and equity. Even through all of this, you will overcome. In 2021, your knee will almost fully recover, something you did all on your own. Not only will you be playing softball again, but you will be looking at colleges in hopes of playing college softball. You even started working on your YouTube channel again, so it can fully take off within the year. Using your platform to spread awareness and help let your communities know what's happening in your local community. Despite everything you once told yourself that you'd rather fail than not try at all, and kept this close to your heart throughout the year. 2020 will be a year of introspection and self-reflection, but 2021 will be the year of action and proving everyone wrong. Love, Cameron from 2021. All right. We appreciate you sharing that letter. It was pretty powerful. It was a big, a big year for you last year. Yeah. 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 So thinking back, um, you know, what was it like to even sit down and write this letter? It was rewarding. It made me feel like 
people are actually going to listen and know what I've been through. And like, it just made me courageous. Like I've overcome a lot as an individual without little to no help. So maybe so good. Yeah, that's great. Um, so yeah, let's talk a little bit about some of the things that you have overcome this past year. So let's go back to that March day that you mentioned in your math class, you get this news that we're going into quarantine, you know, what, how did you feel in that moment? What were you thinking? To go back into that day, um, I really went into shock and I say that because it's like, we're going to be thrown to the wolves when nobody's prepared for this. And I kind of started to feel hopeless as they continued to have the conversation more because we were watching the um, emergency um, school board meeting and you can just feel the energy shift in the class. Like, what are we going to do? Like, how are we going to graduate? Like on the timeline that we all wanted to. So I say I started to feel hopeless. Yeah. And you mentioned that in your letter as well, these feelings of emptiness, abandonment, where did Mm -hmm. those feelings stem from and who or where did you go for support? So the feelings came from not being prepared and me going through the personal things that I was going through as far as my knee injury. I have already felt like everything has been snatched away from me. Now I have to do school on my own when I know personally I'm a visual learner, I'm a hands-on learner. And it was just like, they can't support my lifestyle of learning through technology. So that's why I felt abandoned because I feel like you guys can't help me. Now it's like I'm all on my own. Yeah, and were, and were there any resources or anyone to support you in any of that? Um. At first, nobody, because um, it took me a while to sink it all in. But when I was ready to seek help, I did um, contact Real um, through COPE. And they helped me a lot with motivation within myself. Oh, that's great. So, yeah, tell us a little bit about the, the Real program and your participation at COPE. I'm a youth leader in COPE. I help out with events that we do. I participate in the classes that we have on campus. I'm just always there when they need a youth leader because sometimes kids in my age range will not listen to someone older than them. They will listen to someone who's like, okay, they possibly know what I'm going through. So that's how I help with them. Good. Um, And how did your participation with COPE Um, help to address some of those feelings that you described of emptiness and abandonment? It helped me because I gained self-confidence and motivation. They gave me resources that I can use and things to do in order to outweigh what I was feeling. So the abandonment, they helped me as far as letting me know you're not alone. We're here. We're going to fill in that empty space that you have. And the emptiness that I had was filled when I started having self-motivation within myself again. Mm-hmm. That's so important. Um, and was it through some of that kind of newfound self-confidence that you launched your YouTube channel? Um, yes. I want to spread awareness to my communities locally first. Um, when I say that, um, 
I know me personally, I don't wake up every day and watch the news, but I'll wake up and watch a YouTube video. Um, so with that being said, um, I was born in an era when it's technology based and YouTube is a big platform. If I blow up on YouTube and start on YouTube, it'll eventually make it to other platforms. Mm -hmm. So I just want to spread awareness to, I want to say from middle school to high school, you know, but I'm going to make sure that my content is understandable for maybe a kid who would want to um, watch it in elementary. So social justice, you know, police brutality, not only that within um, black communities, but self-motivation, encouragement, um, self-esteem and things like that. What has the quarantine done for you? And, you know, what have been some of the positive and negative impacts of the quarantine for you? Quarantine has done a lot for me negatively and positively. In a negative way, it's made my family very stressful as far as financially. And me personally, my family is my foundation. And without them, I wouldn't be able to build a building, you know? Um, so negatively is torn my household down as um, a whole but within me it's never really had a negative impact on me as far as probably gaining weight <laughs> but on a positive note um it's helped me I, i've had time to think about cameron it's time for cameron to actually realize what you need not what others need so it's giving me a mental a mental and physical break from the actual world because when quarantine happens, like the world went on pause. And it That's was right. just perfect for me because I have my knee injury, but I know I wasn't able to get physical therapy, but I was able to mentally get ready. And I feel like I've had a year start on anybody who's ever had an ACL injury. And I say that because... They're trying to get physically ready. And while they're trying to get physically ready, they have to get mentally ready. And people don't understand when you have a knee injury, it's not easy to bounce back. You mentally have to get ready because I'm always going to constantly think I'm going to tear my ACL. I'm going to tear my ACL. And it's giving me a time when I could move at my own pace. It's not getting rushed. I really recovered on my own. And then one day I just said, I'd rather try and failed, did not try at all. I can't sit here and think, what if? Um, got up, found a softball team that took me in that I used to play with when um, I first started playing. Um, now we're a travel ball team, San Bernardino Clutch. Um, they've helped me, and now I feel like I can beat anybody in a race. <laughs> I don't even think about my ACL injury or anything like that. Um, yeah, so it's just... A mental it was it's just now I think I feel like if I can overcome something physically like that I can overcome anything mentally thrown at me I appreciate quarantine actually I um the journey it was just it was hard yeah based on what you've been hearing for instance in your interviews with other students or just seeing around your community in what ways has this pandemic had a unique impact on young people or high school students like you? 
I say as far as interviewing people from their point of view, it's had um, a negative more so as um, families are stressed out financially and kids feel very they, like they a lot of them have used words like they felt abandoned. They felt alone. One person I interviewed, I asked them why. And they said, because I have no one. My parents don't know the material that is being taught at school. So when I ask for help, it's always, I don't know. And I can't help you. You ask Google, but that's not really helping you because if technology gets snatched away from us, nobody knows anything because we all looked it up on Google. It wasn't an actual, you know, 101 taught thing. Um, so they told me on that and they told me they felt alone because it's not like we're in class and we can go to our teacher and say, I need help on this. And then if we don't get it, we can go back. It's an email thing. We have to wait for a response. And there's many more students that they need. So they, everybody's saying this had a negative, but I think everybody's just trying to focus on the bad things that's going on. And they're not noticing what good things is, actually can come out of quarantine. But the people I've talked to have had a negative point of view on quarantine. Yeah, I get it. I definitely get that. And what do you think schools and the community needs right now as we're coming out of quarantine little by little? Um, And what role do you think young people can play in helping communities recover or helping schools reopen? Our communities need motivation, um, need more resources to help them get to where they need to get. Um, as far as young people, volunteering always being someone that a community can count on. As far as when communities need volunteer for vaccine, vaccines and things like that, um, that young people would be the first to say, I'm ready. I'm I'm here. I'm here for your service. And it's important because um, it states in a song that it takes the wisdom of the elderly and the energy of young people. So that's what I mean. And young people aren't the next generation, but we're the generation now. So I, I'm saying we if we take the knowledge from our elders, all the needs is our energy and Things can, you know, finally have a change. Um, so I feel like, yeah, motivation is the step to success in our mm-hmm. communities. Absolutely. Um, and when you say, you know, things can finally change, what are some of those changes that that you want to see? If we can put our differences aside, we can have a difference. I feel like my community is lazy as young mm-hmm. people and I say that because we have a nonprofit organization down the street and they barely get kids and it's like they're putting things out here but if you're not coming and taking your resources then it's pointless to even put them in communities so I want to see people of our communities more involved we can always say we need this we need that but if we're not acting upon anything So that's what I mean when I want to see a change. Yeah, I get that. And to what extent have you been able to be involved in decisions about 
what's happening at school or what's happening in your community? Um, as far as school, I haven't. Um, they've never they never asked us for our opinions, so mm-hmm. I haven't really put in my opinion on anything as far as you know opening reopening schools and things like that. Um, as far as my community, though, my opinion does get taken into consideration. That's one thing I can say is they care about their youth in San Bernardino. They care about their youth. So that's good to hear. Um, so you said, you know, at school, they're not really asking. They're not really asking for your opinion. Yeah. But if they did, right, if I was your principal and I said, Cameron, what do you think we should do? How should we reopen? What should we be thinking about? Like, what would you what would you say? What would your advice be? My advice would be take everyone's situation into consideration. As far as let's not open schools because you want your payback. Let's not open schools so that it can benefit you. We have to think about everyone. Um, And when I say think about everyone, there's people who may be at home now and have to stay home because their parent picked up extra jobs and things like that. So I feel like as far as my opinion and they asked me, I'd say the main thing is take everyone's situation into consideration. That's great. makes perfect sense. Who do you hope is listening to this podcast and what do you want them to know? I hope that people like me who have, a testimony and have been going through something and need motivation are listening to this. Um, I hope people who feel like they have nothing to lose are listening to this because at one point in time, I felt like I had nothing to lose, but I hope that someone who's not mentally stable is listening to it. And I want them to know that, it's not the end of the road and there's there's always hope somewhere even though a brick is thrown at you you may not dodge it but you'll maintain it absolutely so when we started you read a letter that you wrote to your last year's version of yourself Mm -hmm. but if you were to write a letter to cameron in 2022 what would you want to say to her about what you've experienced this year and what you want her to take with her into the future? Their future Cameron of 2022, despite what past Cameron has gone through and despite what present Cameron is going through now, I want future Cameron to know what Cameron has went through in the past is the reason why she's standing now. This is not the end of the road, though, Cameron. So don't think the heartaches and the struggles end here. Just always have hope and faith. I hope you're playing softball (laughs) at a college where you're comfortable. And I hope you're mentally stronger than you were in 2021. Something that I don't want you ever to forget is that something is either a blessing or a lesson. Love, Cameron, 2021. (laughs) Cameron, anything else that you want to be sure to share in this podcast? Okay, um, don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel at Exclusive Cam Space TV, Cam with a K. I'm there. I'll be there. 
<laughs> Thank you, Cameron. We hope to see you on the field again soon. We'll be rooting for you. I want to thank our guests, Elliot and Cameron, for joining the podcast and opening up with us today. While the oldest members of Gen Z are only 24 as of this recording, plenty has already been written to describe them. They're digital natives who prefer virtual connection to real life ones. They seek instant gratification. They're diverse, progressive, and political. No matter how they are portrayed, one fact remains, what they think matters. Gen Z makes up one in 10 eligible voters, suggesting that how they fared and how we supported them through this year may have impacts on our communities and economies for years to come. As we head towards recovery, now is the time for leaders to seek out conversations with young adults and the organizations that serve them to better understand how their trajectories have shifted and why, and ensure their voice is actively part of economic recovery decisions moving forward. This has been Communities in Recovery, presented by JFF. We are on a mission to create an equitable and resilient economy that everyone can contribute to and benefit from. And while we can't change the past, we can look toward the future with hope. We hope you continue to tune in and join our conversation at jff.org. Thanks for listening.